0: We are what we repeatedly do. Excellence, then, is not an act, but a habit. Aristotle. In the previous podcast, I've talked about figuring out what your goals in life are. Some goals are a one time event, such as buying a house. Other goals are multiple time events, such as qualifying for multiple marathons. Other goals are process goals such as moving your body daily via walking, running, or some form of exercise. But one thing these goals all have in common is that they all require some kind of consistency in order to achieve that goal in the first place. You have to consistently save for years in order to have enough down payment for a house. You have to consistently run to qualify for multiple marathons. You have to consistently move your body to, well, move your body daily. One path to achieving consistency in the pursuit of your goals is through habits. So what are habits? So firstly, I want to clarify the difference between what I call quote unquote true habits and habitual behaviors. In the vernacular, people use the term habit to mean both of these things. However, there are nuances of different types of behaviors. Think of habits as a subtype of behavior. Some behaviors you really have to think about, focus hard and force yourself to do it one time. Let's use giving birth as an extreme example. I mean, you can argue that it's automatic because your body is trying to push out a baby but I'm talking about how conscious or aware you are of this behavior happening. Other behaviors you don't even realize you did. If you drive a car, I'm sure you can recall a time when you drove to work and had no idea how you even got there. You're steering the car, changing gears, pressing the gas versus brake pedals. All these are individual behaviors, but you didn't even have to think about each thing. As you can see, behaviors land on an automatic to not automatic or unconscious to to conscious spectrum. A true habit are fully or very close to being fully automatic, like the driving example. A habitual behavior, on the other hand, still requires some thought to do it. For example, remembering to drink water throughout the day. So any behavior or action can become a habit if it fully becomes or close to fully being automatically or unconsciously executed. In fact, according to Dr. Wendy Wood, a habits researcher, she says what makes a behavior a habit is how you perform an action, not what the action is. So are you performing it automatically and unconsciously? If so, that's a habit. And we know from research what a habit is it, an action that required intention and thought. So why does the automaticity or unconsciousness of habits matter? There are two main benefits of getting a behavior to become fully automatic or unconscious or become a true habit. One, when a behavior becomes automatic, you use less cognitive resources, like attention, focus, etc., on deciding on a- executing that behavior. Therefore, you free up your cognitive resources to think about or do other things. Obama was a famous example of this with, with his decision to only wear blue or grey suits so that he can make one fewer decision when he had way more important decisions to make. Two, when a behavior becomes fully automatic or unconscious, you don't have to rely on your motivation, willpower, or your mood to take that action. According to Dr. Jonathan Fader, a sports psychologist, he finds that elite athletes don't wait for inspiration. They just start doing whatever it is they need to do. Action is first, motivation second. In other words, the more you can automate automate your habits, the more brain resource you free up, and the more you can use the extra brain power to solve more complex problems, create, or be more attuned to your loved ones. In this way, you can pursue excellence both unconsciously and consciously. In a quote by Dr. Wendy Wood, true habits persist despite our intentions to do otherwise. Okay, so what does the science say about forming habits? You only need three things actually for a behavior to become a habit. You need a reliable prompt, repetition, and reward. So let's go into more detail of what each component means. First is a reliable prompt or other people use the word cue or context. So your brain has to learn to associate a prompt or a cue or a context in your environment with a specific behavior for that behavior to become a habit. For example, seeing a bottle of wine, hearing the phone ring, or remembering something. These are all prompts that can be used for some specific next behavior to happen. Think of it this way, every time A occurs, a prompt, your brain tries to decide and predict what behavior B should I do next. If the brain has been learning that when A occurs, you do B and the A to B pathway and association becomes stronger in the brain. Number two, repetition. One of the ways for this A to B association to become stronger is via repetition. However, note that it's not doing the behavior B per se that makes something become a habit. A true habit will be an A to B association, and you actually want to repeat that association. For example, it's not about a behavior B of meditating at random times throughout the day. Although, hey, if you're meditating at all, good for you, that's great. But if you want to make it a true habit, it's about associating meditation, so the B, after some reliable prompt A, such as after your first cup of tea in the morning. So this tea to meditation or A to B association should be repeated for behavior to become a true habit. Finally, the reward. This is probably the most misunderstood concept in habit formation. The term reward, in this case, doesn't mean things like some prize money at the end of a 30-day challenge, or other people would say, um, I'm going to go to the gym seven times this week, and I get ice cream at the end of the week. That is an incentive. There's a temporal delay between what you're doing uh, when you're doing behavior and the good thing that comes with it. The term reward in the science of habit field is what's rewarding for your brain, and this is related to the dopamine pathway. If your brain gets a dopamine boost when you do B after a prompt A, your brain will likely want to lock this A to B association down because now it knows that doing B after A feels rewarding. Now this happens easier when the behavior in itself is rewarding. So for example, when you feel calm after meditating or the amazing taste in your mouth when you eat a donut or in the addiction realm, the higher you feel after snorting a line of cocaine. I hope you haven't done this. So let's say one feels after snorting cocaine instead of you feeling it. So this is not as easy when you're trying to like eat a broccoli instead. At least for me, I hate the taste of broccoli. I'm a super taster. So this will not be inherently rewarding for my brain. Side note that there is a way to get around this that I teach people in my habit coaching program. Now, if it only takes three things for a habit to form, then why do so many people fail at keeping up with their New Year resolution to engage in in some kind of habit? Cliffhanger, stay tuned for the next podcast on this. But let's talk about today's action. If you've been receiving and listening, listening to my newsletter or listening to my podcast, you've, I've talked about setting goals for yourself and let's think of that goal you set for yourself right now. If you're new to the podcast, you can think of any goal you want to achieve for yourself. Today's activity is for you to figure out what habits or habit or habitual behaviors you can do daily that will take you one step or 1% closer to your goal each day. For example, if your goal is to overcome your fear of public speaking, for example, and you wanna give a talk in front of 200 people, then your daily habit could be to start saying hi to a stranger each day. Next, you want to identify a reliable prompt or cue or context that will help you activate this behavior. So, in this example, your prompt could be the first stranger you see in a day. So, for example, once you are within earshot of the first stranger you see in a day, you must say hi to this person. Then, reward this behavior. With the example um, mentioned previously, obviously, if the stranger smiles and says hi, hi back, that will be intrinsically rewarding to your brain because we humans are social creatures. The danger is when you feel discouraged when they don't say hi or smile back. So you have to find a way to still make your brain feel that this is a rewarding behavior that you are doing despite the feedback you get. another, ex- another example if you only allow yourself to listen to your favorite podcast when you run on your t- treadmill. So the podcast for you is intrinsically rewarding so you pair that with a new habit you may not enjoy as much. So in this case, running on a treadmill. So in this way that your brain can still associate that new behavior with something good. So I want you to try this out daily for the next seven days. And this one thing um, for habit nerds, the notion that it takes 21 days for a habit to stick is a myth. It varies widely depending on the type of habit, who you are, and how you properly and not properly execute the habit formation piece. So just a warning for you for that. Then after seven days, you want to check in with yourself. Continue what you're doing if this is working for you, getting you closer to your goal. Stop if it's not really getting you closer to your goal, or start making it bigger to get you to maybe like two percent closer to your goal each day. So as usual, feel free to share this uh, with me, what habit you want to form to get closer to your goal, or with your accountability partner. Now, as you can see, the formula to start and stop habits is simple, but not always easy. There's literally three things. So if you struggle with starting or stopping habits, I'm actually um, launching the new cohort for my habit coaching program. Um, I'm going to just talk about more information in the next segment of the podcast as, as a separate segment from this one um, You want to hear about that because they're opening enrollment for from today onward today, is September uh, 16th 2020 and i'm closing enrollment for this program on Wednesday, September 30th um, 2020 for this cohort As usual I would love to hear from you. Uh, any feedback you uh, want to give me, anything you love and you hate, um, you can email me at pylin at drpylin.com, P-Y-L-I-N at D-R-P-Y-L-I-N dot com, or you can connect with me on Instagram at drpylincoach, that's at D-R-P-Y-L-I-N-C-O-A-C-H, otherwise